Welcome to episode 21 of the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, a self-taught horseman's heart-centered and humorous journey, Jalil Abdul Alim and Black Pearl. Jalil Abdul Alim, or Jal as his friends call him, lives in France next to Paris and is an animal lover. He doesn't come from an equestrian background at all, but for some reason has always been drawn to horses as far as he can remember. He grew up listening to country music and dreaming of riding horses. He is a self-taught horseman and doesn't believe in one method when it comes to horsemanship. However, he started his journey because of Buck, the movie, and because he stumbled upon videos of people playing the Pirelli 7 games. But he mostly learned everything he knows today thanks to his mare, Quincy, and his horse, Black Pearl. He is a true lover of the old Vaquero traditions and doesn't just ride only to ride, but with tiny achievable goals for his horses and himself. He is also fascinated by social media or all media and also loves entertaining people by pulling their heartstrings or making them laugh. His goal is to show the world the beauty of the relationship that bond humans to their horses, if only people can learn to earn the trust of their horses. In this episode, we discuss Jal's horsemanship journey to date, what real groundwork is, it's not just lunging, the story behind Black Pearl, the importance of listening to your horse and adapting your horse training to the individual, what horses need above the basic needs to be happy, the importance of listening to your horse, the story of Jowl standing up for his horse and what he believes in, the intention behind equipment and what equipment Jowl chooses to use with his own horses, who inspires Jowl on his current horsemanship journey, plus lots of stories and laughs along the way. Jal and I are both absolute horse nerds and Apple product converts, but we also share a lot of the same philosophies when it comes to training horses. He is entertaining, lighthearted, humorous, inspiring, and has a kind approach to horse training. I know you're going to love this episode, so let's dive in. Welcome to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, a source for riding and training insights with the goal of helping your horse be a happy, light, and willing partner. I'm your host, Amalia Dempsey, a mainstream equestrian rider who discovered natural horsemanship, and now I help riders like you achieve connection and communication, so you can have more fun and fulfillment whilst prioritizing partnership with your horse. Want to find out my horse training philosophy? Access the free connection and communication mini course at amaliadempsey.com. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Welcome, Jal, to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know this is going to be an awesome episode because you're just hilarious. I just love watching what you do on Instagram, and I know this episode is going to be full of laughs. So welcome and thank you. Well, thank you, Amalia, for, for having me. Um, I, I honestly didn't think we'd have this, uh, this interview someday, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm so nervous and happy to be here. That is excellent. And I should also say that it's not just because you're funny that you're here. Your horsemanship is also very impressive. So let's start off oh. with the first question to find out more about how you got into horsemanship. Okay. So can you tell us about your horsemanship journey to date, when you got into horses and what has led to where you are today? Uh, my journey uh, into horsemanship, how, uh, I don't know. I, I think like uh, a lot, uh, a lot of us, um, uh, I've been into horses since uh, since I can remember. Uh, I was born, you know, liking horses, like the smell, how they look like, and um, 
ever since I was a kid. Uh, I think that's the same for you. That's the same for everyone. Uh, we don't just grow into liking horses. Um, tell me if you if you agree with me with uh, with that statement. But yeah, that's just something. For some people, uh, they smell the um, the smell of horses and they're just like, oh, that stinks, you know. Yeah. And me, if I walk, yeah, right. And if I walk past a barn, or I'm like, oh, that smells like horses. So yeah, that's just something that's in me. But um, as far as I can remember, I've always been in love with with horses. Um, well, yeah, that's just the way it is. And uh, I, I remember, I, well, keep in mind, I will have a lot of uh, anecdotes <laughs> telling you about. But and that's one. So when I was a kid in in kindergarten, uh, I remember the teacher would take us to uh, to uh, to ride ponies, one pony, uh, and uh it's bit unclear to me but i remember uh, it was a great pony and uh we rode it in a close air uh, arena and someone was lunging the pony and uh, i have <laughs> i remember i had a sheriff's hat on you know those hats that uh, are you, you can see in the in the in the in the u.s movies uh with those highway patrol officers and um yeah. you know those flat hats yeah and yeah, and then Manway was red for some reason, but I I felt like a cowboy, and uh, while I was they were lunging us, and I I felt like yeah that's it I'm on a horse I I'm a cowboy I'm, I'm riding a horse and uh, I like it and I <laughs> I don't know uh, I remember my cousin once came and he was crying on that horse he wasn't he wasn't comfortable uh, at all and it was like why what the heck this is cool you know um but back then i didn't have the words i think i was four or something and uh well i wasn't a horse until uh i saw one horse walking in with big black horse and it was like geez that's a horse i thought that was a horse and I remember one day I want to be on that horse. It's impressive, but I want to be on that horse. And um, well, I was frightened and, you know, amazed. Uh, I was just in awe because um, they were so beautiful. And I don't know that uh, it started very, uh, very early in my, in my life. Uh, also, what I remember is during recess when I was in kindergarten, uh, I would climb up that low wall and sit in there and pretending it was um it was a horse. And in winter, <laughs> I would I would untie my scarf and pretend my scarf were, were the reins. Oh, yeah. Well, I was that weird kid. All the kids were playing together, and I was on that wall. And I can't uh, I can't understand why the why the people the, the adults there wouldn't yell at me for doing something so uh, dangerous. Well, maybe the horse wasn't that that high, but in my mind, in my uh, in my head, it was really tall, a uh, big wall. But maybe it wasn't. And uh, I don't know. That's that's me riding a horse back when I was three, four, five. I can't remember. And also, um, well, that's something people don't know. But my parents were born in southern Vietnam. And uh, they left after the war. But before the war, everything in South Vietnam uh, was uh, either French or American. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think the, the American troops were there. 
and uh, they could watch on TV shows like, you know, Wild Wild West or Bonanza. 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 How, how do you pronounce that? Mm, I don't know. I'd say ben, ben, Bonanza. Bonanza. I don't know. <laughs> Bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's, bonanza, I, I don't know, bonanza. Too posh. <laughs> yes, bonanza. Uh, bonanza. Let's say bonanza. Okay. Let's be, let's be re- ranchy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, my dad, when he came to France, France, yeah. uh, he, he took with him that mixtape and it was all country music. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of country music too. And on that, uh, on the back of the that 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 cover, uh, I remember that rodeo cowboy riding a bronc horse, and uh, all my life I wanted to be that rodeo cowboy because it was so beautiful. Uh, someone took that shot; you could see that horse kicking back with the low head, and uh, that that cowboy, you know, trying to hold, uh, hang on that horse, and uh, one hand, one hand in the, the the air, and the other on the holding the reins. And I was like, this needs to be me someday. So uh, yeah, I wanted to be that that the rodeo cowboy. Uh, so I'm a big fan of rodeos and bronc horse and uh, bull riding and um, I don't know, watching Heartland <laughs> and. <laughs> So um, yeah, so my everything, everything uh, ever since I can remember, since I was a kid. Uh, well, I I wanted to to be around horses. That's that was just in me. So yeah, that was the short anecdote about my journey into horsemanship. Uh, well, and what led me to where I was today? Uh, so second anecdote, uh, I I. Do you know that region in southern France that's called Camargue? Mm, no. <laughs> okay. Tell me about so, it. So, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> let me tell you. So, you you have uh, th- there's that that breed of horses that uh, are called Camargue horses, and they're bred uh, basically to to be working cows. So, they are gray horses and. Um, they are born in the how do you call that? Um, ah, what's that English for word for is, uh, in? It's like a a damp area, you know, that's flooded with water, like uh, seventy five percent of the year. But uh, mm. well, I don't know if you know much about it, Australia, but we're pretty dry, so. <laughs> <laughs> sorry you need to see this well, if, if you ever come to france i i'll take you there and okay. um, you and daniel uh i don't know if your if your husband will be a fan of this place because it's full of mosquitoes and uh, and horses but yeah oh. <laughs> this this needs to be seen one day in your life so we were riding uh horses and uh well you can imagine that they have a bunch of horses that you can ride you know, during touristic seasons. And uh, I rode that horse and we were like 10 people riding and it was so uncomfortable. The horses were were annoyed Mm. because I then realized that they did that all day. They got back to the barn and then some other people would climb on them and uh, would ride and they would do that all day long, all day long. It was horrible too. 
yeah, thinking back, I, I, I wouldn't have rode the, written the horses. So, um, but it was still a good, a good experience. Why? Because when we got back, my legs were sore and uh, my butt was sore. <laughs> and my my father in law said, "You know what? Uh, I wish they had Western saddles." we could be riding because those were much, those are much more comfortable to be riding. in. I was like, what the heck? No, that doesn't exist. It's not a Western movie. It's not a cowboy movie. He said, yeah. So when we, when we got back home, I went on the internet and I searched Western saddle, Western riding. And I was like, holy cow, people are actually doing that. That's not just movies. So I was searching for Western riding and, um, I saw that uh, that guy like 45 minutes away from my home and I called him and he, he, he told me, well, come on by and I'll let you ride my horse. And I was like, really? <laughs> so, so I got there, I rode his horse. Um, I remember he was doing cutting, you know, he had a cutting horse and uh, I was riding and he told me, well, you're a natural I was like, really? And he said, yeah, you need a horse. You need to do this. You need to do that. Your eyes, uh, when you take a direction, your eyes, your body are doing the, the right thing. You need to do that. So then I, I proceeded and, and bought Quincy. Uh, well, fast forward. I bought Quincy and uh, I started uh, writing Western. I took some lessons um, and then, well, yeah, something went wrong something uh I, re I remember thinking that's not right i was running with a bit i was doing everything people told me to do and i was like no that's not right uh th there's got to be something more because uh people told me to pull the rein that way and wait for the horse to to gift pressure and one day i got down and i saw the corner uh, in quince's corner uh, the corner of her mouth mouth uh, well it was not bleeding but i could see she was hurt and i was like no 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 this isn't right there has to be something else there has to be something else and it coincided with the time i bought my first apple tv so i'm a big apple nerd okay uh, so uh, an and apple i saw too. that you are too <laughs> Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. <laughs> virtual fist <laughs> pump right there. <laughs> virtual check. Yes, exactly. Um, and I, I, I remember seeing that, that uh, a preview for that movie, Buck, from Buck yes. Brannerman. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is what I want to do. This is the other thing. This is that something else. Mm. And, uh, so I started researching. Uh, well, I bought the movie. I watched it. I saw him talk to people, how people could be with the horses, uh, feel for the horses, and not just ride the horse, not just climb on the back and, uh, and ride the horse. So that's when I discovered groundwork, you know, something that people told me about. And I was, I was thought, that's boring. You, you're just lunging the horse because groundwork for people is just lunging the horse mm. right and left as for trot canter and woe and walk and you know that's boring mm -hmm. but then i discovered real groundwork and then i kept searching and i uh i was on youtube back then well 10 years ago more uh like 13 years ago youtube 
was starting to be a great thing. And um, I, I saw someone play the seven games from Pat Farrelly and I was like, whoa, how did he do that? Uh, and it was in German, so <laughs> I didn't understand it. So I searched Pat Farrelly and I went to my local uh, tax store and I, w- uh, I saw that movie from Pat Farrelly, uh, that movie, that book from Pat Farrelly. So I bought it and well, there really began my, my, my journey into horsemanship because uh, only coincidences because I was riding a horse. I didn't like how, how it felt. I, I met some people. I, I listened to my father-in-law and I, you know, just searched. I was so curious about these things and I saw horses being happy. I saw horses working li- at Liberty and I was like, what? witchcraft is that i need to do that no yes. it's not just about writing it's not just this or that so yeah that's how i got into horsemanship yeah nice and of the anecdote <laughs> what was that sorry this is the end of my short anecdote oh, <laughs> no i like it i like it and um i want to slip in a little listener question here uh someone asked oh. how did how did you choose bp what made him stand out Oh, and like for the so, listeners who aren't familiar with you, tell us about BP. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be another short story. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so before I got Quincy, remember that guy I met that put me on his horse, horse's back? Mm-hmm. So he put me in contact with people. But before that, he told me, well, you can ride Western, but uh, it's not every horse that can, can do Western. Of course, you can do this, this, and that. But if you really want to get into this kind of uh, movement with a horse, you kind of need a horse that bred for that. Uh, and I asked him, so do I need a quarter horse? He said, yes. And I said, what about paint horses? I, I always wanted a paint horse. He said, yeah, sure. They're basically the same. It's just that a paint horse is more patchy. It's, not, it's been less bred for uh, this, this, or that. But yes, basically... They're the same, same confirmation and uh, maybe not the same mentality, but yes, you could. So I went on the internet and I looked for a paint horse and I saw that little paint. Uh, it was a filly. She was like six months old, maybe. Uh, her name was Shuka. I called the person. They said, yeah, drive over and come over and you, you can check her out. Oh, okay. So I drove like two and a half hour to, to a place and as far as it was so cute you know that well baby horses right and uh, i took picture because that guy told me to, to take pictures of her legs of everything her back her and when i got back he said uh are you crazy and i was like what why he said that's a philly what do you want to do with that you have no experience and it was my whole world was shattered i was so set on buying her and i was like why he said you're going to hate what you're doing and you're you don't know anything and uh it was kind of a wake-up call he said you don't know nothing you don't know anything you need to to get more lessons you need to get a horse that is experienced and so i got more lessons and he put me in contact with uh with a trainer I bought her horse and it was Quincy. It was Quincy. I didn't get BP first. And then uh, Quincy taught me everything. Really, she taught me everything. She was so patient uh, with me. 
I hurt her. I did the wrong things. I, I tried to better myself. And um, then maybe two years, three years later, I thought, uh, I think I was ready. So uh, I called that same breeder. Well, uh, what I do every year, I, I go on the internet and I, when, when falling season is around, I just, you know, uh, do my mental shopping. Yeah. <laughs> and I see all those baby horses. I still do that, actually. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Uh, that's really dangerous because, um, well, yeah, let's not get into buying horses. But yeah, that's what we all do, you know. Uh, I know you want to buy horses. Uh, if I could, I've, uh, I have like 20 horses, maybe 100. I don't know. But then I saw Black Pearl and... Uh, I saw that his sire, his dad, was homozygous in a, uh, with the Tobiano gene and the black gene. And I saw that Black Pro was also homozygous, but only on the Tobiano gene. So I was like, good, maybe he can be a sire, maybe. Maybe he can sire falls because he has that, I was searching his bloodline. His bloodline is the QT bloodline. So the QT, you have Cuton A's, you have Poco, um, Pepsi Poco, sorry. And uh, they were built to, they were built, they, they were bred to be patchy. They were bred to have a good confirmation. They were bred to have a very good uh, mindset. So I called that breeder. I drove out there and I saw BP. And it was so cute. It was like, I don't know, two months old, uh, maybe oh. one month old. Yeah. Uh, I still have the pictures from when he was a baby. And he was in the pasture with his two half brothers. And uh, the two half brothers, they didn't need their, their mama. Only BP was with his mama. So I tried to approach him. Everyone was dead set on, 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 on BP's half brother. Uh, his name is Pandia because it was so close to the human he would go to them but bp he was you know uh so afraid of us and uh he stayed with his mama and his mama was so protective of him i tried to approach him but he went behind his mama and uh he was so scared of, of me and uh well that's me <laughs> i like well i want this one because i understand him um he's so beautiful but I uh, I think I could be a good human for, for this horse, uh, yeah, you know. Nice. And uh, I I was just dead set on uh, on getting him. I want to be I wanted to be his human, and you know, little by little, I I got to him. I I think I signed the contract that same day that I went to I wanted to to give the down payment. And I wanted him, no one else. And I, I remember um, my girlfriend back then asked me, just my girlfriend, <laughs> she asked me, uh, why don't you want this one? Look, uh, he, he's, he's close to us. He's so cute. And I said, no, I want this one. Nobody, found, uh, nobody thought that he was beautiful, that he could be a great horse to me. I just felt it. Yeah, you just knew. Yes, I just knew. And his name back then was Black Pearl already. So I asked Brita, why did you call him Black Pearl? And she said, well, I'm a big fan of Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, 
well, this is meant to be I love Pirates of the Caribbean. So perfect. <laughs> yes, just like just like it, you know, as if I needed another excuse to get that horse, you know. Yeah, you were so. So yeah, that was <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's how I got Black Pearl. Hmm. How good. End of the anecdote. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all this good. So good. I'm really curious. Do you have a mantra that you like to live by? Oh, uh, I, I, I have. I think many mantra. Uh, but um, well, that one is uh, well, I got from Quincy actually. So uh, that's two mantras mashed in one. Is the first one would be take charge, take responsibility uh, in, in anything you do. Uh, and uh, anything you do, do it with your heart, you know, uh, do it with the right mindset. Um, do it like uh, it means something to you. Just don't, don't just do it because people tell you to do something. And I think it, uh, the both are linked because when you, you take responsibility uh, responsibility for everything you're doing and for your horse. Well, you want to do things right, and if you want to do the things right, you you want to believe in what you're doing and what's the best way, uh, other than doing it with your heart. So yeah, that's the one I live by. Really beautiful, and I feel like that might also lead us into the next question, which is how would you summarize your own personal training approach or philosophy with horses? Uh, uh, philosophy. Uh, my, my approach, um, well, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, you remember when I, when I told you about the, the Camargue horses, the Camargue horses yeah. uh, that I was riding and uh, I got into Western riding and I got into uh, seeing uh, the movie Buck and then going into Pirelli. So I had methods. I discovered that there was like methods, the seven games, this, this, that. And then I did some more research uh, after doing like three years of Pirelli things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked a lot on, uh, on Quincy. And uh, when I started uh, Black Pearl, I think I I, I got the DVD uh, of uh, from Pat Pirelli, Starting Cult, something like that. Mm-hmm. It helped me a lot, actually, a lot, a lot. And um, uh, I got methods, this method, that method, this should work because, you know, uh, what I liked about Pirelli, that's, it's, it's a good foundation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it breaks down everything. Yeah. You agree too. Mm. So um, <laughs> it breaks down everything. Uh, small tapes, uh, sm- small steps like level one, level two. And uh, this game should lead to this game. And this is a puzzle, but bear with me. Uh, you might be, it might be confusing to you right now, but in the end, everything is going to, you know, like a puzzle. Uh, everything is going to make sense, right? Mm-hmm. So everything started to make sense with me. Uh, I was, uh, when I got BP, I already knew that I could start him as a cult and I wanted that experience. Quincy taught me a lot of things. So uh, I just needed that piece of puzzle that 
I would be starting BP um, with that method. So uh, I started BP. Uh, I could circle him. I could do this, this, that. I still did some research and I saw that uh, the, the join-up method from Monty Roberts, that's him, right? Mm-hmm. So it worked with Quincy. It did not work with Black Pearl. Mm, interesting. At all. Yeah. Never. It never worked. Well, I thought it worked at, uh, at first because, well, you know, uh, I sent Quincy away before we would do a workout, uh, workout session. I sent her away and then she would walk to me. Yeah, that was cool. And uh, basically, she would do everything. Uh, I think I started doing things at Liberty with Quincy. I think I was sent her away one day and uh, someone called me. So I pick, picked up my phone. And uh, by the time I was done with the conversation, I looked up and I saw Quincy trotting around me like, you know, at Liberty and uh, in a relaxed way. And it was like, geez, was, what was that? I didn't know she, <laughs> she could do that, you know? I want this to happen with Blackpool too. Uh, it never happened, actually. <laughs> it never happened. But I sent him away. He ran in every direction possible, head high, tail high, and um, he, he, he wouldn't stop. So because he wouldn't stop, I kept pushing him, kept pushing him until he turned to me. And uh, I remember watching those methods from Clinton Anderson, uh, down under uh, horsemanship is that and uh clinton anderson was talking about two eyes two ears right so um basically that's what i wanted i didn't necessarily want the join up i just wanted the two eyes and two ears and i got that and i was happy until i walked to him and he was dripping he was sweating you know his his breast was soaking wet and i saw drop of uh, of sweat rolling down and was like no 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 that's not right at all <laughs> oh no this is not yeah and he was uh he was shivering he was you know um, oh he was scared really, he was scared that's not what i wanted at all and i was like do i want that is this really what i want uh, do i want my horse to be stressed out and w- working Wearing him, wearing him out, and uh, do I really want that? I was no, and well, Black Rose always, uh, he's always been my baby, you know, uh, because still now, it's been nine years. I still see him like a baby, as a baby, uh, and I was like, no, uh, there has to be another way, and that's my approach. Um, there's no method. There's one horse and there's what that horse can take. There's what that horse can understand. And there's what I can understand from the horse. So the method, the real method is try to understand what your horse is telling you and what does he need. And the second you understand what your horse needs is you, you, you understood his language. And uh, from that you can start to build things on. So uh, I tried desensitizing. I tried everything. You know, uh, I tried sacking out, sacking out, you know, it's 
just not working uh, with life. Tell, tell us was, what, I mean, I'm familiar with sacking out, but some of our listeners yeah. might not know what sacking out is. Can you oh. grab it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, basically sacking, uh, sacking out is, well, let's say you have a, a plastic bag and uh, you, well, it's not natural for a horse to, to be around a plastic bag that is doing, you know, is making a lot of noise. So instinctively the horse will run away from the, that, that thing that might kill him, you know, it's mm-hmm. dangerous. So you keep uh, wiggling that, 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 that bag until the horse is relaxed and accepts that uh, the, the bag is, you know, menacing, but still there. So the minute they stop, you stop. But uh, for some horses, it might work, you know. So uh, it's it's an, a kind of um, pressure and release, and you just release the pressure when the horse accepts the pressure. Uh, it doesn't work at all with uh, with black pearl, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will do pressure and release, but uh, the way it works with black pearl is that I would approach the 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 the, the bag to him or the tarp or the pole or anything that's scary and uh he will tell me uh no 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 dude i i can't i i can't uh listen to me i can't uh i i will try i trust you but this no so uh the method with black uh, with black would be okay this is getting close to you you're not sure i'm going to retreat immediately and uh i will let you cool down and uh, I will let you see that uh, this sees that uh, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're afraid of it. So it will go away. It will respect you. It will respect your, your, your space, right? And, um, you know, little by little, I will do this more often until he understands that that thing is more afraid of him that he is afraid of that thing. Yes. So, yeah. So... Uh, I will not try to make him, you know, um, accept uh, accept that pressure because he has to accept. Mm-hmm. I will try to let BP go to the pressure and uh, understand that, yeah, it's not, it's no biggie, you know, it's just there, and it's always been working, uh, just like that. Well, um, I've done that with a cow. I th- I remember riding past a, a a cow pasture, and cows were there. And uh, <laughs> back then, if he saw the cows from like one hundred meters away, uh, he would stop. You know, he yeah. would look up. Uh, yeah, he would he would be there, and he'd be like, "No, no, 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 no. We're not going there. Those <laughs> are weird." You know. And we walked, uh, walked up to, to the cows. Uh, I got down the, I, I got down and um, so that's what thing he likes to. Uh, if he's not sure, I will walk down the horse. I will dismount and do some groundwork with him. Yeah. So basically what he does is what he did with his mama. <laughs> and that's what's important when you, when you see a foal with his mama, uh, you, you kind of understand what, what's going on. He was hiding behind his 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 mother, and um, I understood that he wanted to hide behind me, so he wanted me to protect him from these things. So that's what I did. Basically, I stood between the cow and him, 
and uh, I approached the cow. Then he, he approached the cow, but still it was unsure. And then the cow just walked away because it, it was afraid. Because the, and he understood that, whoa, that cow is afraid of me. And this is actually fun because when I'm approaching that cow, he, he started to try with another cow and the cow walked away. And he started to get interested in the cows. So I got back up on him and uh, we started walking to the cows. He snipped the cows uh, and then we, we were working a cow. The fence were uh, between us and the cows and uh, he just, you know, walked to the cows. And now if you see a video of me, uh, with black pearl, you know, uh, or a, a picture of him with a cow between his ears. That's you, you know, that's been one year of working. You know, uh, we've been working the, on, on this fear of the unknown, and he's getting so comfortable. So that's the method with black pearl. With Quincy, it's different. Quincy's nice. like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's ah, uh, I'm I'm badass. Uh, you know, I'm just yeah. I'm super confident. This, naturally, like I can take exactly. on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. She's so confident. She she knows everything, and uh, she's she's not afraid of anything. So, uh, so yeah, two horses, two methods. And I love um, that. Two horses, two methods. That's your. That could be one of your methods yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, another <laughs> mantra. You see. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my third mantra. So, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like, sorry, <laughs> Go on. it sounds like you just adapt to whatever horse is in front of you and you, you treat the horse as an individual rather than going, nope, this one method must work for every horse. So very adaptable. Exactly. I like that. Yes. But just, uh, I, I see, I, I see a lot of horse people say that just listen to your horse, you know? Yes. Because just like, us, I don't like anthropomorphizing th things, but um, if someone's forcing you to do something as a kid, uh, because uh, I don't know, um, do this, do that, but you're not sure. You just you just want people to show you things, help you. Well, ask, show, and then help. That's all. Uh, well, I think that we we we. Uh, horses deserve that from us you know we ask we show we help yeah and uh if they're not sure well let them make that mistake and then we'll get back to it yeah yeah otherwise just a lot of, uh, it's just a lot of stress and uh well stress when you do stress well stress should be just like uh for a short period period of time not not a, a big period of time, you know, it shouldn't be lasting like one minute because this start building up that adrenaline and it's not good for the body. And uh, mm. no one understands things uh, through stress. Uh, well, I'm sorry, but that's just what I believe. No yes. one. Yeah. It's very hard to learn if you're in a tense and stressed state. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yes. And and speaking of that, can you tell us what you think makes a happy horse? Uh, well, that that's a hard one. Well, you had the the basic. Uh, everyone everyone will say happy horse. Well, uh, freedom, forage, and, and friends, right? I I don't know in what order, but uh, yeah. I call them the, the three F's. Yes. So, well, that's the bare minimum. Uh, and still, I don't think that 
if those basic needs are met, I don't think that would be a that would make a, ha- a happy horse. Why? Um, I have one example, uh, Quincy. Uh, back, well, five years back, maybe. Uh, yeah, she she suffered lem- laminitis, you know, and um, I I thought that I should leave her alone and uh, let her heal. Well, she had space to to run away, to walk. She had a friend. Her pasture was right next to, to Black Pearls. And every time I would get to the barn, well, I, I would walk up to, I would pet her, say hi, and then I would walk right up to, to Black Pearl, halter him, and then walk him out and then go off uh, to work him and then get him back. She would see that all the time. Bear in mind, she had freedom, she had forge, and she had friends. And I saw her, I saw her body uh, declining. I was like, maybe she's not eating enough. She was eating enough. Um, maybe this, maybe that. Until uh, someone, uh, uh, a chiropractor came and uh, she told me, well, her body's good actually uh, but she's missing something and i asked her what she was missing she i think she, uh, and she told me maybe she needs you to come communicate with her more maybe she needs to have fun too maybe she needs this that and i've realized that they have more needs than just the basic needs needs you know mm-hmm. and and she told me, well, work with her, uh, do something, um, make her happy. That's your question. What makes a horse happy? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, meeting all the needs that they have, mm. all of them. So uh, she needed to, to be working because um, now I know that uh, after studying these things that uh, a horse that's laminatic needs to lose weight, uh, needs to to you know everything that goes in the, the horse's body needs to go out some way so she had more things that went in her body than out but to me she wasn't uh she wasn't fat i could see her her spine you know she wasn't beautiful to see so uh yeah she was always stressed that i wouldn't would abandon her she was, you know, that stress is like, uh, I was talking about stress. That stress is slowly killing horses. You know, it's not good for her. So I started working her. Um, and, well, she got back in shape. Uh, and slowly, uh, she got back in shape. And uh, everything went back to normal. And she got back to being her... Her better self, actually. That's so cool. I think she was sad. Yeah, it was cool. And it, was, uh, and it took me like a year or two to realize that, you know. So that's, well, I hate myself for that. But um, <laughs> she suffered through that for, for such a long period of time. Her, her mane wasn't beautiful. Her coat wasn't beautiful. And yeah. Mm. So interesting. It sounds like you definitely agree that they need the basic three Fs, but you feel like yeah. in order, especially with your experience with Quincy, in order to have a 
truly happy horse, they need more than just those basic needs. Like they need that enrichment in their life, that interaction, that um, yes. that relationship with someone else, whether that's, you know, another horse or another human, some kind of something that enriches their life and and gives them something to look forward to maybe. Who knows, of course, something like that. But Maybe, yeah. yes. I like that maybe part because uh, horsemanship is just a bunch of maybes. Maybes, yeah. maybe this, maybe that, maybe. Because we don't know anything, actually. We, I think we know so little about horses and we just keep on learning. Yes. And uh, if you, I don't, I don't know, maybe 20 years before, uh, back, we, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't be talking about what do they need to eat you know yeah um, <laughs> forage of course grain yeah well no not grain because grain is full of starch what what do you need starch for you know maybe if you have a, a performance horse that's working a lot well maybe you need that extra kick of glucose you know uh but why do you feed grain every day for a horse that doesn't do much and you know um so sometimes uh when i walk them in the woods or you know uh, around my barn there are a lot of plants and trees and you know leaves and i just let them graze and pick that leaf and 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 then i go on and uh, take a picture of that leaf ask my friend what's that and my friend tells me well, that's this. And so I go on the internet and I search what does that plant do to the horse? Because if he ate that, he just needed that, you know? Mm. And well, I see that he is in need of this mineral or, you know, this component of the of the of the plant. And so I, I'm just going to to research what supplement has that and yeah so i will go and um, feed that supplement for three weeks and then you know the, some needs are never are untold you just need to observe and to to watch and to when i say listening to the horse yeah you know, they don't talk but they have their way of saying things absolutely so right yeah so when they talk to us and we understand what they're saying i think that's the basic of any communication and that makes them happy yeah so if someone's listening to this and they're like i don't know what you mean jow like how is my horse talking to me it makes no sense to oh. me. what would you say to them just look at your horse mm -hmm. look at it learn to learn to to understand uh any beha behavior from your horse uh go on and you know listen to podcasts uh there are a lot of them this one you know uh i've i've, I've been wanting to talk to you uh you know because i was listening to a podcast and i was like i need to talk i need to you know comment on this i need to do this and and, and that but i can't and but <laughs> and here we are <laughs> and here we are yes and people need to be curious they need to um well you know uh one simple thing uh they need to rec recognize what uh what kind of signs they can they can see that would translate into pain you know uh a pinched nose or you know uh discomfort swishing tail yes the yeah. ears back yes 
Exactly. And they need to learn that the ears back don't necessarily mean that the horse is not happy with us or another horse around. It's an indication of many things. Mm. So when you see ears back, it doesn't mean that the horse is unhappy with you around. Maybe mm. he's in pain somewhere, you know? And that's how I understood that Quincy had ulcers, you know, uh, because I would get to her, her girth area and uh, she would pin her ears back and then she would try to bite me. Uh, I didn't know why it was bad then. And then, well, I went on the internet and being the, the big horse nerd that I am, <laughs> I went and researched everything. I was like, yeah, maybe she has ulcers and uh, all the signs were there, you know. And Black Pearl, the same. I started lunging him. I asked for a trot and he 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 held his head higher with uh, his ears pinched back. He never does that with me. And I knew that he wasn't pissed at me. Mm-hmm. I knew that something went wrong. And so I called the chiropractor and she said, yeah. This cervical is uh, cervical vertebrae is blocked, is jammed. Uh, he has pain here and there. He he needs to lift his upper uh, his his shoulders to get into a trot or uh, you know, but he can't because his sacroiliac joint is blocked. And I was like, yeah, I was happy that I could see that. And uh, well, he was talking to me mm. basically. So if someone is asking me how can i listen to my horse well look at your horse yeah look at your horse or maybe sometimes ask people around mm. ask them mm. it sounds like you're also saying educate yourself in terms of what different types of horse um behaviors i guess could mean and then yes. really observe your horse and think you know what why are they putting their ears back why are they swishing their tail when i do this or yeah. why are they trying to bite me when i put the girth on like <laughs> All of those yeah. things. <laughs> so speaking of uh, listening to your horse, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making with horses? Well, for one, uh, is not listening to the horses. <laughs> Lead perfectly into that. <laughs> yes. Well, that's a good transition. <laughs> um, what, uh, biggest mistake. Well, you know, mistaking all the signals for... My horse is being naughty, you know. Um, oh, I can have one example. And I know you've been talking about that a lot, and I so agree with you. Uh, and I listened to your last podcast about horses being, uh, well, your last episode, the episode 17, actually. Uh, oh, you're all over it. About- <laughs> yes. I told you. Uh, I, I was like, yes, yes. Well, she nailed it. <laughs> I know you've been talking about uh people telling that their horses are being naughty and I too do not believe that they are naughty. Um, The biggest mistake is, you know, going straight to one conclusion Mm -hmm. because uh, you're not, you're uh, basically uh, finding your horse to be guilty of this, this or that. Mm. But people do not necessarily go to the innocent before found guilty right Mm -hmm. so if you don't rule out uh is my horse in pain is my horse angry at another horse because that other horse in the close area in his space 
if uh, you maybe your horse is uh, is hungry, maybe your horse is not feeling well that day. Mm. You know, yeah. Did you rule out everything? Did you? Um, or maybe your horse is just exhausted. Oh, confused. You know? Your horse is confused. Exactly, stressed. Mm-hmm. Because we all know when we're stressed, we we don't necessarily get take the the right decision. Yeah. We sometimes we we just rush into things, and uh, that's not right. You know, mm-hmm. we make mistakes, and uh, horses can make mistakes too. So they're not naughty. And uh, when we go directly to my horses being naughty. Well, uh, we go to reprimand the horse, mm. you know, because that's what we do as human. He's being naughty. I have to reprimand. Well, I don't think that among humans we should do that either. So when it comes to horses, they have no words to be talking to us. They just have their body and they just have, well, that's it. Everybody, they can move, they can, you know, make a signal, to, um, they can try and say something to us, and then they can act. That's all they have. And since we're most of the time holding them with the lunch, uh, with a lead rope, well, they have no way out. So this leads me to one of the biggest mistakes is not letting a way out to your horse. And only thinking the only way out is what I want, but the horse can't give me what I want. So what am I, what am I doing? I just built up, I'm just building up more and more stress and uh, I'm just killing my horse from the inside more and more. And I witnessed that with, with Blackbird once he was just shut down because he had no other way out and people mistake uh, a horse shut uh, that for you know a horse shutting down they mistake that for he understood and no he did not he just just resigned mm. and is that what you want do you want your horse to resign and just do whatever you want to me and go on with it be done with it you know and that makes me sad actually. yeah <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's almost like a really shut down horse or really obedient horse can be confused yeah. with the shut down horse right because they're just like oh well i don't have any other choice so i'm just gonna carry on with it and try and cope with yeah. it in whatever way i can yeah exactly well that's sad that's oh, no. sad. So, <laughs> and what do people do to get to that obedient horse uh they well uh well first story uh, I think you've seen that video of me that completely got viral. I don't know how. Of uh, I was talking about a teacher that uh, he was angry at me because I wouldn't want uh, to. I was okay with him hitting BP, right? So what we did is uh, my friends offered me uh, a day doing a mountain mountain trail mountain trail uh sorry if i'm butchering that word i don't know how <laughs> i should be doing that <laughs> I, I <would> say, <laughs> okay uh so he got on that obstacle it was just like a 1.5 meter by 1.5 meter uh platform wait so platform. He, uh, is yeah. this a mountain trail clinic it should have been just uh 
you know, uh, a discovery, something that, you know, just find out what it is, just okay. have fun. It, it was it like turned a, out to be a clinic. Oh, right. So it was more of like a come yeah. and try display sort of thing, but it turned out to be like yes. a, bit of a clinic situation. Yeah. Yes. So the owner was there and uh, he started watching us doing things and he started teaching us things. I'm fine with that because, hey, I just paid for that somehow. Uh, I get a teacher, right? Yeah. So I got on that platform and uh, the the exercise was, okay, let the horse on that platform, let the horse do a 360 spin, and then let the horse go down the platform, off the platform. So yeah, I tried that. Well, Black Pearl got on the side and then he wasn't sure. And then he started leaning to me. You know, he uh, he he was leaning to me, and like, so he got me. off the platform. <laughs> exactly, and he did that one, two, three times, and the teacher was there, and it was like he stopped me. He told me, "You can't let your horse do that because it's dangerous." I was like, "Okay," and uh, he told me, "Okay, just hold your hand like that, and try again." And Black Pearl didn't want to. He did not understand what I wanted from him. You know. But what the teacher didn't see is like that every time he tried, he succeeded a little more. Mm -hmm. And I rewarded that. So he asked me, uh, can I take a lead rope? Can I try this? So he took a lead rope. I, I gave him the lead rope. And <laughs> I remember my friends watching like, what are you, what is he doing? Is this happening? Because everybody knows I don't let anyone handle my horse because yeah. I'm territorial like that, you know? Yeah. I'm so protective of them. <laughs> so that complete stranger, uh, I was handing him the, my horse. You know, I was trusting my horse's life with him. So, so he took my horse and he walked away from me, uh, took maybe four steps and I see him. Well, you know, my lead rope ends yeah. with a, a leather popper, you yeah. know? And I see him walk my horse, but, horse's butt and I see Black Pearl, you know, going like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. He, he pushed his hind away. Uh, he was facing my, uh, well, that teacher with the head high because he was scared, yeah. you know, because he walked his butt. He held the lead rope, so no way out for the horse, right? Mm. And because he was heading his head high, he started yanking down the lead rope and uh he had a rope halter and a halter on him you know he did that two big tugs or three uh and uh the more he did that the more black pearl uh held his head higher because he was like no 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 this isn't good this isn't good i don't know what he's doing i don't know that guy i'm afraid is it going to kill me you know mm. and uh well the guy was uh uh, I, I could see his back and I walked up to him and was like, no, 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 not like that. This isn't good. Not like that. Not like that. So I asked him, uh, I'm going to get that lead rope back. I'm going to handle like my horse, please uh, hand me back the, the lead rope. And he turned to me. He was like, why? I wasn't being mean to him. And I said, maybe, but you hit my horse. No, no one hits my horse. And this is where I draw the line. So 
And he started, you know, being really angry at me. And uh, he said, but horses do that all the time in the pasture. And, uh, and he started to argue with me. And I said, maybe you can believe that, but this is where I draw the line. I, I was that calm, you know? Yeah. And he got furious at me. He said, you can go on, but you, you're going to get killed uh, doing that. Uh, and uh, you see the girls that are, came here with you, they could all perform, uh, perform and get through that obstacle, but you can't. You tried, you tried four times. You didn't succeed. And I said, well, if I have to try 100 times, I will. I will try 100 times until it succeeds. I, I have all the time I want. He has the time, but this is where I draw the line. And uh, he said, go on, then go off yet. Uh, if you want, go, do whatever you want. I uh, Don't listen to me. And I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I think he walked up to me. I, I went away. I needed to call off, you know? Yeah. And then he walked up to me and he said, you know what? Um, I was wearing spurs. I have spurs, uh, but I didn't need the spurs that day. They were just on my boots, you know, Yeah. <laughs> because I'm lazy. I'm lazy like that. <laughs> I never take them off uh, when I should. But he started criticizing me wearing spurs and he said, see your spurs. I would never uh, allow anyone in my class to wear those kind of spurs. You either have to be a really good rider or completely stupid to be wearing those spurs. And uh, I, I asked him, you know, I said, I told you no. Can you at least respect that? And, um, and when he said, I would never let anyone wear the, those kind of spurs, he was still pu pushing, you know. And I was like, maybe if you don't, that's very good for you. But uh, good. I, I didn't want to argue anymore. And, uh, and I said, but keep in mind, hurting my horse is where I draw the line. Yeah. That's it. There's no arguing anything. And then he said, just go on and, and do everything, anything you need with all the obstacles. Uh, you know, he was dismissing me. And it was like, yeah. yes, thank you. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that takes me back to the biggest mistake people do is not under understanding what a horse is telling you and jumping to conclusion and do what that teacher did to me. Uh, hurting the horse, reprimanding the horse for something he did not understand. He did not understand that. Uh, he didn't ask me, how is your horse today? You know, how is he? Uh, what's his mindset right now? Mm. Because to him, you know, that's the old method. A horse is not allowed to have a mindset. Yeah. Uh, but to me, a horse is allowed to have a mindset. You know? Absolutely. Uh, is he tired? Uh, maybe he's not accustomed to, to, the, to, this, uh, to this place. Maybe he's exhausted. He did not. Had he asked me, I would have told him, well, uh, we've been, he's been in a trailer for like two hours. We've been riding in traffic. It's been really hard to, for him. Um, that's the first time he got into such a long, uh, long ride, uh, trailer ride 
So yeah, he's a bit confused about everything. He just need to, you know, uh, get centered with me. So that's it. Yeah. And um, yeah. What I really so, like about that story, Jal, is that you stood up for your horse. Like I feel like a lot of people in yeah. the same situation would think, oh, I don't really want to offend the instructor or I don't want to speak up. I'm a bit nervous about saying what I feel, but you stood up for your horse when it counted. And yeah, yes. I think you should be really proud of yourself for that. And hopefully that inspires other people to do the same. I hope so too. And I, well, I totally understand people who do not uh, stand up for their horses because we're impressed. Uh, it took me like two seconds before thinking, you know, uh, I should walk up to him and saying it's a, it's a no, you know, but I can understand that you can be impressed, but well, that guy is there. He, he didn't get there, you know, by mistake or he has to know things. So he's a teacher. So he can teach me things, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So you, uh, I think younger me, would have been impressed and would have let him handle that thing and would have regretted ever since after, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I just wanted to show my horse. I was there for him. He was being mean to my horse. And I was the person that, you know, uh, would say, well, I'm here for you. Don't worry. Uh, let's do the things we, can, we, we have to do. Uh, and I remember this afternoon, um, I took off my my spurs and uh, we wanted to do all the obstacles riding you know not not uh, not by doing groundwork on the ground and i didn't have my, my spurs on me i just wanted to show him i did not need my horse i my, my spurs uh when he confronted me about my spurs i wanted to go on and ask him what do you think i'm doing with my spurs you know uh, do you think I jab my horse's flanks with it or but I didn't go there uh, yes. I felt the cognitive dissonance right there and uh, it was useless yeah. it was useless so it's not really then, about the tool really it's about how you use it in that exactly. context yeah and yes. so speaking of that what are your thoughts on the bits versus bitless debate oh yeah uh, we're going into that territory now <laughs> <laughs> Are you going there? Well, uh, we've had people with mixed, like some people are completely bitless, some people ride in bits, and some people ride with everything yes. that I've had on the podcast. So, whatever you say, it's it's fine by me. <laughs> I mean, well, with reason. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a safe place. We, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, well, my my feeling about bit or bitless is. I have no opinion about the tools, you know, on the tools, none, none whatsoever. Uh, I want to go back to the, to my mantra saying, take responsibility and uh, whatever you do, do it with your heart. So uh, if you want to do anything uh, right with a rope halter, well, you have to keep in mind that any tool you're going to, to use, like uh, a hackamore, a rope halter, uh, a, a bit like a snaffle bit a, a curb bit anything could end up hurting your horse so first thing is why do you want to ride in this this or that to me it's simple i want to ride in a bozelle and never ride in with a bit 
because uh, I don't want anything to go in my horse's mouth. I want to preserve my horse's mouth the, the, longer, uh, the longest period of time possible. And that's it. Anything I can achieve uh, bitless, I will. Then, uh, how am I doing things? With my, uh, I used to ride with a, a rope halter, and uh, I still am actually, because the bozelle is too big for for black pearl, and uh, it's not adapted to his nose, so uh, it might end up hurting him. So I'm going back to something he knows, mm-hmm. riding him with a rope halter, and uh, I don't want to fight my horse. So the question is, why do you want to ride with a bit? What do you want to achieve with that? Most people uh, who don't know uh, why a bit is used for will say, well, uh, I need a harder bit because my horse will not comply, comply, you know. My horse is naughty. My horse throws his, uh, his, head, uh, his head up and uh, then I, I need this tool to, to, control, to control my horse better. So this is one of my other mentors, you know. Yeah. Uh, Control is just an illusion because you have that 500 kilograms or 1,000 pound animal you're sitting on and you'd, you'd be a fool to think that you can, can control that horse. You can't. You, but if you think that hurting the horse and uh, while well, hurting that horse into submission is, is what is going to, to, to be um, the solution, well, I think you're mistaken. It's going to work for sure. But think about that. You're pulling on that bit on the right, on the left, uh, and your horse is tensed. Well, you're just building up tension, you know, and you're just fighting attention. So if you're fighting attention, you're creating some, um, you're breaking the balance with your horse because uh, if there's a tension, then you need to work on that tension before fighting that tension and ask for the horse to, to, to give to that, to, to that pressure. And, uh, well, so that builds up more stress and, uh, well, you soon or sooner or later, you have to, to call a chiropractor because maybe he blocked his cervical vertebrae and, um, anything. So you're riding out of balance. So that's not what you want. So, to me, uh, if your intention is to refine uh, what you're doing, uh, if you want to, provided you've been working on your posture, um, on your everything, and um, provided you, 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 you taught your horse to want to bend right or left or to you know, engage or lower his head or... If the horse is doing that on its own, because you've given uh, you've given the right cues, well, uh, yeah, go on with the bit. Uh, it's just you know, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the uh, vaquero tradition. Uh, I don't know if you you know that. Yeah, vaquero. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, they start riding their horses with a bozelle mm-hmm. uh, because and. Uh, they don't fight the horse. Uh, they, if you're not doing the right thing with the bozelle, you'll know it because it's not forgiving to you. Uh, you don't get a lot of pressure on the horse's nose. Um, 
well, and you just work with signals. You're not pulling. If you're pulling, wow, you, you lost. Yeah. And then once it's done, um, well, you start transitioning to the spade bit. No. Uh, so, well, it's not, uh, well, I want to say vaquero bit, but, and you see them hooking their veins to the, to the shanks with uh, something that sometimes uh, legends say that uh, they use horse hairs to, to, to connect the reins to, uh, to the bit, to the shanks, because if they pull too hard, uh, the, the horse hair will break. And if you're pulling too hard, if it breaks, you have to go back to teaching your horse to willingly uh, perform or to bend or to perform some any kind of movement that that you want so uh, my take on bits how what do you want to do with the bit what's your goal what's your end goal what's why do you want to do this and um it sounds like uh, it goes back to your whole taking responsibility for yourself and your your decisions and it feels like you're you think it's important to have the good intention behind whatever it is that you're choosing to use. I really like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Can can, can this be another mantra? Uh, Keep your intentions pure. (laughs) We're just (laughs) mantras tonight, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah. Throwing them, you know, all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is going to be confusing, but I I, want to add something. Uh, I don't know if you were uh, following maybe three years ago or four years ago, uh, Tara from uh, Unbridled Goddess, mm-hmm. she, uh, she presented uh, a bit to, to Misa. Back then she did, didn't have all, all, uh, all her herd, but she presented, uh, presented the bit to, to Misa. And Misa just, you know, um, went to the bit. She wanted to, you know, she just uh, put her mouth on the bit and she took it. And there was nothing but the bit, you know, uh, yeah. no head stall, nothing. And just kept the bit. And everyone went, oh, well, the comment section went berserk saying this is unacceptable, uh, unacceptable. Uh, you're the unbridled goddess. Why would you do that? And no one understood that if something happened to, to Tara and she, maybe she died or maybe she had to, don't die, Tara. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just not like that. But um, if something should happen to her and she had to give away Misa, uh, Misa and someone had to put a bit into Misa's mouth, well, the best, uh, well, she just made sure that Misa wouldn't fight the bit, you know? Yeah. She would, ex- yeah. So I, uh, uh, and something, if something should happen to me and, um, someone had to take care of Black Pearl and Quincy. Well, Quincy knows a bit, but uh, I don't want Black Pearl to, to suddenly realize, well, what are they doing to me? Why are they pulling on my mouth? What, what is happening? Yeah. You know, I want him to be comfortable with that because I, I don't want him to be afraid or to be confused and having no one to protect him and, you know, what what's happening to me. And, well... I want them to be confident enough to, to understand, well, that's just a bit. And I learned to that signal, that that signal means that thing. And um, uh, I shouldn't fight that. 
yeah well, hopefully that never happens but yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I do think about that too sometimes you know what would happen if I died tomorrow like I'd want my horses to go to really nice homes and I feel like they're well prepared for everything yeah. so that's great um but that's like that's quite a negative topic <laughs> I I'd love uh, to yeah, from- <laughs> it's all good <laughs> I'd love to know from you, if you could have dinner with any three horse people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? And what would you ask them? Oh, well, let me tell you something. Uh, Three people is way not enough (laughs) (laughs) people to have dinner with. Yeah. So uh, if you you forgive me, uh, I will give you more than three people. Okay. Dead or alive. And the first person I want to have dinner with is uh jeff sanders um i don't know if people know about that guy he he is that uh, vaquero man from the old calif- uh, california vaquero tradition and uh he's been perpetrating that tradition for generations and generations and um, the untold story of vaqueros you know uh, the the unwritten stories of vaqueros the un- uh, unwritten traditions well, they are told. Uh, they are, they are just you know transmitted from one generation to in, uh, another, and they just enrich it. You know, mm. I want to meet that guy. Uh, he's actually the guy that made me realize that uh, writing is much more uh, well. Writing uh, like a vaquero, I'd say, is so close to to dressage writing, much more than Western writing, and. And I started looking into uh, into that, you know, writing just uh, dressage, doing this, that, and I realized that well, there's so much more into uh, into into dressage that I would have ever imagined for, you know, imagined. So I want to talk to that guy, you know, sit down, have a nice dinner, and ask Jeff, tell me everything. Uh, I've read your book. I don't write. Uh, I don't read a lot, but I've read your book and. Uh, you said that, and uh, I need to talk with you. Tell me, how did you learn that? How did people do that? How do you ride with the bozelle? How do you refine everything? Tell me, I, I, I want to I wanna be elegant like you. I want to have the correct posture always. Uh, tell me, teach me, and then tomorrow you can go and ride a horse. But please, <laughs> tell me everything. Tell me what your dad told you. Tell me what your your granddad told you that before that tell me what your mama told you because i'm sure she was writing and I, i'm sure she was a baddest writer too i sure she was you know uh hands down the best working hand in the ranch and uh tell me and well because uh as much as i like you know telling stories i like hearing stories from people too yes so that's sounds like you're gonna need way more than one dinner <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I think I'm I'm going to to book a restaurant for the whole week. Yeah, I need money. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Well, I hear that there's some really nice restaurants in France. So. Yes, yes, yes. He has to come over. <laughs> and I know that he travels, or he used to travel. He went to 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 Germany. Uh, I think he's married to a, a German woman now. Now uh, maybe he lives there. Uh, and uh, he went to Australia. Oh, cool. uh, he met, yeah, yeah. He met that guy Stephen Halfpenny. Yeah, I I don't know. Do you know him? Yes, yes. Oh, good. I I I don't know that he was a 
someone that I, I, I didn't know he was important but uh, yeah that guy that he's pretty well known here i would say yeah and i think he's pretty well Is known he? internationally too yeah okay well that's me you know <laughs> i don't <laughs> talk to a lot of first people but yeah he he did quite a lot of things and uh, you can find if you if you search if you go in uh, go to youtube and search jeff sanders and he talks with stephen halfpenny about how a saddle should fit uh, fit and uh you know how a bozelle should fit and well so maybe that's uh, stephen halfpenny is one guy you should have dinner with too oh is he on so your list too yes he's on my list oh cool <laughs> And and then I I was asking him what did Jeff tell you that he forgot to tell me and uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically ask all the questions you you asked and I would ask all the questions to to Jeff Sanders hey if you ever get Jeff Sanders on that podcast ah uh, I would be like oh my gosh he <laughs> did that well I would need your help too. preparing the questions for Jeff. <laughs> Well, those all those questions are awesome, but uh, I I reckon he's he's going to to tell you a lot of stories too. But uh, people need to hear him. That you know, uh, he that that's just the the unwritten things that is you know transmitted through through stories. Yeah, yeah. And then there's another person. Well, those are Insta- Instagram people. Uh, well, first person is obviously Tara. Um, this something about Tara, unbridled goddess. Uh, she's just natural. She uh, it seems like everything she tries, everything she thinks, um, she does that in such uh, you know she easily. You know she does that. Everything she does, she does it easily. And I think she's natural, and uh, she has a gift. Uh, some people don't have a gift, but some people do, and she, I think she's truly a gifted person and um i want to know everything about misa and i, I want every, to know everything about the people she met and um how how is she you know so patient uh how who inspired her who does she talk to uh what does uh drago tell her what does misa tell her what everything how? and she's like the perfect horse person to me yeah uh, I want to meet her someday. Um, I think I will because I set my mind to it. But I want to. I really want to. And uh, that would be so cool. Yeah. Then I want to meet Nikki. Uh, Nikki is like my my Instagram best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Nikki's a lot of people's best friend on Instagram. <laughs> yes. She's such a sweet sweetheart. You know, she's so easy to talk to. She doesn't really care what people think about her. And, uh, well, you've been talking to her, right? Yeah, yeah. We're good friends. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and she's true to her emotions, you know. Um, she doesn't do that for, for the money. She doesn't do that for fame. She just does that because she wants to share everything she does. Yeah. And it works. I saw her with uh, Lune and um, Mikayo. Uh, I remember she had Mikayo first and uh, she was, you know, writing that journal day one, day two, day three. Yes, that was so cool how she did that. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I and, think when I saw uh, that one, I was like, whoop, we're, we're in for a journey on this one. 
oh yeah and you could see her you know really pr progressing you know yeah and do you remember day one and do you see what she does now yeah i mean that's wow amazing and um i wouldn't be there and say nikki teach me and i know she will she will be like i don't know what to teach you uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I well i i think she doesn't uh, realize how gifted she is yeah so yeah i, I want to i want to have dinner with her and then this jen zeller uh well the south Dakota, dakota cowgirl she lives in a on a ranch uh and well everything she does is so cool and um she's so kind and gentle uh well i want to spend some time at her ranch working cattle with her and uh yeah i want to do that yeah so, so cool so that last person how, how many people has it has it been uh you've got one two three four five so okay five that's five? a lot so <laughs> yeah five. there's a sixth person okay. so i want to meet uh, well I, i think that person is dead now but i want to meet the guy uh who the first guy who ever thought it was a good idea to be riding a horse uh I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's a good yeah. one yeah but <laughs> do, do you never uh, do, do, don't you ever wonder who in their right mind thought it was a good idea to be riding a horse you know obviously it has to be a guy because uh it's kind of a death wish and so stupid and so dangerous it can't be a woman you know <laughs> i feel like someone must have gone oh well i can only run this fast and that horse is going quicker than me and we don't have cars so i'm just gonna <laughs> jump on it yes <laughs> Just back then, they were grunting, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I keep picturing them, you know, sitting by the fire, uh, you know, having a beer, and uh, and just like you know, uh, one one's Dave and the other is Jim, and Jim is like, uh, sees a horse running by, is like, Dave, did you see that horse running by? Uh, he looks like the painting in the. In, in Jeffrey's wall, uh, in in his cave. And, Hang uh, on, was that uh, an Aussie accent? That sounded a little Aussie. That? <laughs> <laughs> that? that was pretty good. Somehow, <laughs> so, though, I don't feel like the Aussies were the first to be riding horses. But <laughs> I don't know. I just pictured the accent, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so he's that that the horse and uh, and Dave would be like. Hey Jim, you can't you can't do that. Uh, it's it's going to be so dangerous. You, you're going to kill yourself. And and, and Jim would be just like, "Hold my beer." And <laughs> just jump on that. Yeah. And Hammer Dave would be, "Dude, that was so cool." And then they just started. I, I want to be part of that that beer by the fire. That's not dinner. And um, yeah. Well, obviously, they were grunting by the, back then. Well, maybe that's why I, I was speaking English. I don't. I I did quite masterize the the skill of grunting, so yeah, it had to be in English with that Aussie accent. I'm sorry, I I didn't. It was, sorry, it was cool. I reckon for those that are listening off air, we were talking about different accents, and um, yeah, yeah, Jal said that he can't do an Australian accent, but then he just put yeah. it out on the podcast. So. 
Oh my goodness. Maybe you're listening. I, I don't think I can do that it. That was nothing like an Australian accent, but hey. <laughs> I tried. Oh, maybe I, I'm I'm watching, I'm re-watching Game of Thrones and uh, some people are talking with accents, so maybe I picked up some accents. Maybe, I don't know. maybe. Hey, we could so, yeah. talk forever, but I want to know from you before we wrap up, what is next for you yes. and where do you see yourself in 10 years' time and what is your ultimate goal with horses? Oh, what's... That's a hard question because I don't even know where I'm at right now. You know? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I just know I want to, I want to do things with my, my with my horses. I would just want to have fun. I want to try everything. Um, you've seen me trying roping. Uh, yeah. You've yeah. So I, I want to do that. So uh, I think this year we'll uh, I'll be getting black pearl into the cows and uh, try to to gather some cows and work some cattle you know mm-hmm. and uh well um what's next for me well uh you know i, I like entertaining people uh that's why I, I like pulling their heartstring i like to make them laugh yeah. i want them to yeah so i i want i want to I don't know. Uh, I want people to see how beautiful a, re- a relationship between a horse and, and, and horses and their humans. I want people to see how how beautiful it can be. You know, uh, I want to entertain people and all the while educating them. So uh, yeah, I, I think um, being a big social media nerd, I, I I want to share, keep sharing these things with people, and I, I want to make people believe that horsemanship can is not set in stone yes it's this today it was that yesterday it can be something else uh tomorrow you know i just want people to build up these things and uh, being able to share without you know being criticized or maybe in a in a good way in a constructive way uh they can criticize each other but you know um kindly and um well but i also like writing 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 things that (laughs) writing right away my brain was like of course you like writing (laughs) yeah yeah i don't even know how american horse people do that writing writing you know it's just the same word so yeah yeah, writing uh so uh i i'm in 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 the process uh, process of process 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 of of writing uh, a short show you know a short a show a short format like a three-minute format show mm-hmm. that it's going to be in french sorry but yeah. um <laughs> subtitles uh uh maybe yes okay. <laughs> mm, good idea you know that's why it's it's so important to talk to people uh and it's going to be a short show on tiktok you know Maybe I can put that on uh, Instagram reels, but uh, yeah, can't tell you uh, what it's going to be. Maybe offline, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I want this you want to, to give be a away surprise. Your secrets. <laughs> yes, yes. So a uh, few people are going to know, uh, but yeah, I want uh, I want it to be a surprise. But yeah, I, I I want people to laugh. I want people to to cry. You know, I want people to get emotional uh and then for me um i want to learn still uh, i i want to coach people 
I found out that uh, I, I could coach my friends and uh, I took pleasure in it I, because I see results. And um, uh, it was quite cool. So, uh, yeah. So to be coaching officially, I will need to, we have in France what we call uh, seven levels of galo. Galo means canter. Mm -hmm. So canter one to seven, and then uh, we can, we can start teaching. So maybe that's my next step. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. And you learn so much about your self and about your training methods when you are actually teaching them. That's what I found anyway. (laughs) It's really cool. Maybe. (laughs) And where can Let's our guests out. where can our guests find out more about you? Uh, well, obviously Instagram. That's my 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 heart social media platform. Uh, you also want started TikTok? there. I also on TikTok. Yes, exactly. Uh, so Instagram would be Grant underscore Gel, and uh, TikTok would be BP and Gel. I think. Uh, is it? I don't. Well, I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe it's that. But uh, I'm checking as I'm talking to you right now. Um, so, and people can find me on, on Facebook too, but I'm not really active on that one. So it would be Black Pearl and Gel. Yeah. So they can find me on there. Uh, I tried Twitter once, and but I've, I think uh, I've not been on there. It must have been hacked. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't know. been on my but, Twitter much either. I feel like the horse community is a lot on Instagram because it's very visual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So TikTok is at Grant underscore Jal too. Oh, okay. Excellent. And to wrap up, what is the one message you would like our listeners to know or hear from today's interview? Well, that one message is take responsibility for your horse. Hey, uh, we can add, keep your intention, uh, intentions sure. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, everything you do, uh, do it with your horse. Don't lie to your horse. Don't lie to yourself. Um, because, uh, well, you owe it to your horse. Uh, you know, I see people blaming things on their farrier, on their vet. And, well, I'm sorry to tell you, people, you paid for that. You yeah. called that person. <laughs> Chose that farrier. And, <laughs> yes. And you are the one who should stand up to them. For your horse and say i'm not i'm not okay with what you're doing but well it's okay if you don't but don't blame the vet blame yourself and uh as long as you take responsibility everything is going to be okay because um once you blame yourself you're going to look for uh, what uh what what you need to do to make things right and just Everything's going to be right in the end. Just believe that um, if you do everything with your heart, everything's going to be right in the end. And uh, yes. talk and to each other. You managed to just interweave all your mantras into that final message. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Love it. Love I did it. that. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for joining me on the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. I really enjoyed chatting with you, you. And you've given us some amazing answers to all of the questions and some great stories. And I know that people are going to get a lot out of this episode. So thank you again. Thanks for listening to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. 
Make sure you hit subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you've learned even just one small thing from today's show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions from today's show, suggestions for future episodes, or just want to reach out and say hi, I would love to connect with you on Instagram at Amalia underscore horses. Remember to also register for my free connection and communication mini course at AmaliaDempsey.com.